Welcome to Grief Talk, the podcast where we talk about grief. I am Susanna, and I'm joined here with my co-host and my sister, Sarah. Hey, Suze. Hey. Um, So if you are joining us for the first time, uh, we just want to say welcome, and we want to give a little bit of context as to what our podcast is um, and and why we're doing it. Uh, Sarah and I um, lost our older brother. Uh, unexpectedly uh, about six years ago. And um, we just really have a heart for um, the grieving community. And uh, we just want to give a space to uh, people that are grieving. And we hope that this podcast is also um, a helpful resource to the uh, very important support people um, in a grieving person's uh, life. So Hopefully that is some helpful context as to who we are and uh, what we're doing here. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're happy you're here and we are so sorry that you're here. Um, so with that being said, uh, Sarah and I really wanted to um, focus on a, um, a certain series. Um, we noticed over, you know, the last year uh, with the analytics that we got in our podcast, um, it seemed uh, very obvious that early grief is a, a very important um, topic of discussion. Um, it was our most listened to episode. Um, and so we wanted to dive deeper into early grief and spend some much needed time um, exploring early grief from a couple of different angles. And so that uh, basically kind of um, spurred us to create this mini series, if you will, in um, this season of Grief Talk. And so um, we are beginning our mini series in the anatomy of early grief. It's going to be a three-part series. So today, um, all of that being said, we are going to be talking about the physical aspects of um, the anatomy of early grief. Um, so I feel like I've done a lot of talking. <laughs> I just, um, yeah. So Sarah? No, there you go. Sure. Uh, so yeah, like Susanna said, we want to touch on uh, some of the things that are consistent for people who are experiencing grief and loss. Our experience is really unique. Everyone's experience uh, in losing a loved one is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Even our our own grief is different because, Mm -hmm. and we've mentioned this before, even though we lost the same person, different relationships, totally different relationships. So we've mentioned before, and maybe we'll get into this more later on in a different time, but that, you know, people like to reference the stages of grief, uh, you know, denial and bargaining and acceptance, right? These things are stages of grief, which again, we're not going to get into right now. They were created with a a great motivation for a totally different concept uh, and context for grief than what most people experience. So instead of saying, you know, here's here's what happens when you experience a tragedy or here's what happens when you experience a loss, what we'd like to do is just give some context for some similarities and some uh, consistent things that, that go on when people experience grief. So mm-hmm. I think that anyone who experiences any sort of loss, even if it's not death, will experience some degree of physical grief. Yes. And uh, what we're going to do today is just dive into a little tiny bit of the science behind it. Um, And then 
Susanna and I are going to speak from our own experiences mm -hmm. about some of the things that, that we felt. So, uh, before we start, you may or may not relate to some of these things. Um, we, we hope that we can, we can help to, like Susanna said, give some encouragement to, to people who have been through these things. Uh, I am going to talk a little bit about nervous system things. And like I said, the science behind it, it's helpful to know, you know, to be sure. able to name like, Oh, this is what's happening in my body. Right. You know? And for me, it makes me feel validated in a sense of, okay, yeah, this is, this is my, this is my brain doing what it knows to do best. But yeah, I do want to give the caveat that while I do have a master's in psychology and background in psychology, I'm not a, a practicing mental health clinician. So, uh, we always want to encourage our listeners to get the help that they feel like they need, um, in finding professional counseling as they experience grief. Mm -hmm. uh, also, one more thing I wanted to say is uh, we keep talking about early grief. Um, and when we talk about early grief, uh, Susanna and I are usually talking about like the first few weeks and months, uh, really within that first year of losing yeah. someone. I, w I would really uh, categorize, and I, I don't know, it's all subjective, right? But like for me, Susanna, I would categorize early grief as the first year because that's ground zero. Mm -hmm. You know, you're doing everything for the first time mm -hmm. um, without your loved one. Mm -hmm. So um, that's that's how I like to think of early grief. But, you know, for other people, it might just be the first few weeks, whatever, you know, sure. works best for you. Yeah, makes sense. So when it comes to the physical effects of grief, I think it's really helpful to understand um, how our bodies work. So in our bodies, we have two different um, nervous systems. We have our sympathetic nervous system and our parasympathetic nervous system. Uh, so the sympathetic nervous system uh, is in charge of, you know, some people will say fight or flight. Uh, that is the part of our nervous system that senses uh, or when there is when it when our bodies and when our brains sense that there's a, a threat it helps our whole body to respond to that threat. So the sympathetic nervous system includes, uh, or those kinds of responses include things like heightened blood pressure, uh, sweating, tense muscles, increased breathing. Um, and if, you know, if you think about it, my, um, so I had a professor when I was in college explain it as like, you know, imagine you're in the woods and you see a bear. Uh, your muscles are going to get tense. You're probably going to sweat. You're, you know, your hands are going to sweat. You might breathe a little bit heavier and, uh, your body is going to reserve all of its energy to either fight the bear or run away from the bear. So anything that is not super important right now is going to get shut down. So, um, all of those kind of secondary systems are going to be, um, the, our parasympathetic nervous system. So our parasympathetic nervous system is in charge of what we would say rest and digest. Uh, so sleep and digesting things. Uh, and so basically when the sympathetic nervous system is activated, the fight or flight, when we see that bear in the woods, um, it, our body kind of shuts down our parasympathetic nervous system. Cause obviously we don't want to be sleeping and our body doesn't really care if we're digesting our food. Uh, and we're going to really focus on how can I stay safe? So when we experience a trauma, a tragedy, grief, uh, a lot of times, I'm not going to say for everybody or any blanket statements, but a lot of times our sympathetic nervous system is really kind of an overdrive. And we, we can live in this kind of perpetual state of uh, intense um, sympathetic nervous system responses. So this can look like a couple of different things. So we just want to go through a few different uh, symptoms here. So 
before actually before we jump into that I just have a question so oh my gosh I hope I can answer it (laughs) with the sympathetic nervous system is that does that tell our body to release and pump cortisol into our systems you know um that's a good question so that so cortisol is a, it is a hormone so that's going to be mm-hmm. a part of like your endocrine system that's a little bit outside of my wheelhouse i haven't okay. done quite enough research okay. i was just really curious about that, that cuz i hear cortisol and stress and all that stuff kind of like lumped together so sure. I, that's just pure curiosity yeah great question um you know i'll, ha- so I'll, I'll have to so i'll take it to the goog i'll take it to dr goog say, i'll have to look through some of my textbooks before i say something on this podcast that i'll have to issue oh, that's a correction fair. For. i i kind of put you on the spot there i was just thinking about <laughs> no, cortisol really fine. yeah uh, okay, you want to talk about appetite and digestion? We're, we're jumping into the fun oh, stuff first. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. So a lot of people, when they experience grief, uh, like we talked about, our body is not super concerned about uh, digesting our food or being hungry or uh, efficiently uh, metabolizing our food or absorbing nutrients. And so a lot of times uh, people can experience loss of appetite, weight gain, binge eating, things like that. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about maybe your experience, Susanna? Yeah. So, I mean, I have a, a history with digestion issues, um, that I won't necessarily get into on this podcast cause I don't really feel like they're relevant, but, um, yeah, I, I can speak to just my own appetite and digestion issues, um, following, you know, the, the loss of our older brother. Um, so for me, I, it's almost like the flavor in food just like kind of went away Mm. and I didn't really want any big, you know, um, like heavily spiced or, uh, seasoned foods. I, I, I really just kind of wanted more bland foods and, um, I just spoke to, or I stuck to, um, foods that were just very, uh, gentle that I knew were going to be very gentle on my body because my digestion, uh, digestive system was really just like all out of whack. And so I didn't want to throw any curveballs, um, especially for those first few weeks. Um, which was also interesting because a lot of people, we were blessed that a lot of people brought us meals. Um, you know, after Leland had passed away and, uh, a lot of those meals were very heavy in dairy and carbs and, you know, like the, just like comfort food, comfort food. Exactly. But like, I don't know how helpful that really was for my body because I, I think I really needed, you know, fruits, vegetables, like cooked vegetables. I don't know. So anyway. Yeah. Well, could, could you maybe give some examples of like, what would be maybe a more helpful meal that somebody could have brought you? Well, I'm pretty bland when it comes to food like that in that kind of, you know, season of my life. Um, but for me, uh, specific foods that I cooked for myself that were really helpful. And again, everyone is different. So like, you know, they're, the person that you know, if you're a support person that's grieving, like they might really want a, a very flavor flavorful meal. I don't know. But um for me, I roasted a lot of sweet potatoes. Um I ate a lot of apples and bananas and, you know, toast, you know, peanut butter toast. Um, just just kind of 
Just simple foods. Binding foods. Sure. I'll say that. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I, in times of stress, uh, definitely do experience a loss of appetite and that can really interfere with, with my daily life. And it definitely did, especially as I was grieving, uh, because grief is really just a period of chronic stress. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, that's, yeah, it's just really common. A lot of people will also, um, experience some GI issues. So things like bloating, constipation gas, diarrhea. I mean, all these things are super normal. Heartburn, vomiting. Um, that, yeah, that, that's very, very common. I'm not going to ask mm-hmm. you about your experience with these. Well, things. I mean, I'll, I'm, <laughs> I'm literally always some level of nauseous, um, in my life, but I will say, I think it is so fascinating. And I, I think we haven't even scratched the surface, um, on the, the gut mind connection and how strongly, uh, I guess, just connected the brain and your gut microbiome are. Mm-hmm. Like, it truly is fascinating. And it makes so much sense in this kind of situation when you are in, you know, fight or flight. You're going through a loss, whether it's traumatic or, you know, it's, it's been a long, you know, going kind of situation. It makes sense that when your mind is in that kind of place, your gut is going to also follow suit. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I, ju- I just think it's fascinating and it makes a lot of sense. And, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where it's like, just be gentle on yourself. Like, yeah. just be gentle. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it was interesting. I was talking to dad about this mm-hmm. episode and... Uh, he's, he gave permission for me to share this, but, um, he experienced heartburn, chronic heartburn for over a year after Mm. Leland died. And that's hard. um, It's really hard, but it's just, it's exactly what we're talking about. Our, everything gets just real out of whack. And because of the state of chronic stress, those things can carry on and linger for, for months and months. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Basically, what what happens during grief, and Susanna, this is really what you were just talking about, is there's these increased stress hormones that are that are released in the gut. So our gut, um, like um, just yeah, just different parts of of our GI system, are going to have a lot of receptors, like neurotransmitter receptors. So when we talk about neurotransmitters, we're talking about things like uh, serotonin. You know, th- these are those kinds of and cortisol, which is what you were mm-hmm. talking about. Cortisol. Mm-hmm. So uh, when there's increased stress hormones that are released in the gut, it can lead to like interruptions in metabolizing your food, um, which is really where a lot of times those, those GI issues can come in. Oh, yes. Um, it also, these, these types of trauma, the, the constant stress, the, the release of those hormones can affect how well your body can absorb nutrients from food as well. That makes well. sense. Yeah. So even if you, ha- like, eat a perfectly healthy diet and, you know, maybe there are certain foods that, that make you feel good, or maybe you're getting, you know, certain key nutrients, vitamins, minerals from foods. Um, basically the different, di- it doesn't necessarily mean that your body's absorbing it. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. Sorry. I feel like I'm saying too many words. Oh no, but- no, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> yes. So basically it can, yeah, it can affect how, how well your body is going to absorb different, yeah, different vitamins and things like that. So just keep that in mind as well. You know, it, it is just like you said, a time to be really gentle with ourselves. 
Um, another thing to, to keep in mind too, is that, uh, it's, I mean, that's not to say that you shouldn't be eating, you know, still nutrient dense foods. And right, so, right. you know, it's a great idea if you have the, the mental capacity and you have the availability of people are bringing you meals to ask for, you know, maybe some fresher foods or some roasted vegetables or things like that. Or like even just like, um, like bone broth or, you know, stuff like that, just so you're, you're at least getting nutrients, even if you don't really have an appetite or your stomach is very sensitive, that is something that's going to be really gentle. Right. Um, right. Because the thing about food and the nutrients in food is that it can really help to strengthen our bodies and to buffer against those, um, those stressors. And so, you know, even though there might be a little bit uh, of a disruption in terms of what our body is able to uh, absorb, it's still helpful to try and, you know, have a little bit of a, a nutrient-dense diet. Again, obviously, if you've listened to Grief Talk <laughs> season one, you know that Suzanne and I have very strong feelings about foods and rules about foods and, you know, shoulds and shouldn'ts. And so, also, if you want a cheeseburger, eat the cheeseburger. Correct. So if you want to have a frozen lasagna every day for the first year of grief, you go for it. And um, yeah, so, but if you have any choice in the matter, I would definitely... Uh, ask people to bring you, you know, hey, could you bring me some, some fresh, some fresh foods? Um, so, you know, one thing that you can, that you can do about this. So like, you know, okay, great. So my, my body is, my GI system is going to betray me. You know, what can I do about it? Um, the first thing I would say is, you know, talk to your provider, your healthcare provider, your mental health care provider, talk to those people because they're going to be the experts and they're going to know you and your situation and what your body and what your mind need. So, um, they'll be able to suggest different, um, you know, remedies for you. Uh, maybe your healthcare provider will talk to you about, um, like some antidepressants can help with those hormones that we were talking about in the gut, like, um, SSRIs are one of the most popular form of antidepressants. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. So SSRI stands for uh, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. And so what it does is in a few words, it just, um, yeah, it just helps your body to absorb, or I'm sorry, to, um, cycle through the serotonin in a, in a way that's a little bit more efficient and, and mm -hmm. can help and end up helping our mood. It's um, pretty incredible. It is. Yeah, hmm. it is. It's really amazing. They also can, um, you know, maybe they would, uh, recommend a probiotic or, um, yeah, just different measures that you can do to, to kind of help to balance that, that brain and gut connection, like you were mm -hmm. saying, Susanna, but, um, I am not personally going to recommend anything just because again, I am no one's mental health care practitioner or, um, healthcare practitioner, but I would definitely say, um, talk to your provider. And if the thought of trying to make a doctor's appointment in the weeks after your grief is just too much for you, it is totally okay to ask somebody else to make an appointment for you mm -hmm. uh, and even to drive you and then to sit there with you and ask all the questions with you. Like it is totally okay for, uh, for you to ask for some help there. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, if you're someone who's supporting a grieving person, um, you know, if it feels appropriate to maybe suggest like, hey, what would you think about um, just kind of getting checked out just physically? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that that might be a really good way that you could support a grieving person during this yeah. time too. I think it's pretty um pretty incredible just the the number the I guess what am I trying to say? The number that grief does on us physically. Right. 
um, yeah, it can really affect our whole livelihood. It was something that I totally did not see coming. Yeah. So with that, let's actually, let's, um, talk a little bit about physical pain. Yeah. Um, one of the most, we're going to talk just about a couple of different types of physical pain, but one thing that I experienced was some pretty intense headaches, but they were very Mm -hmm. different from before. Mm -hmm. Uh, did you experience that too? Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So I don't normally get headaches. Um, but one thing that really took me by surprise and, and here's the thing, this is Susanna, by the way, but leading up to our brother passing, it's not like I sat around and thought, Oh, I wonder what it would be like to go through a traumatic loss. I wonder how my body would react to that, you know? Right. So being on the other side of it. Yeah. So being on the other side of it, I was just really, um, surprised with just the 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 way that my body was physically reacting um some of that was in the you know GI kind of digestive world that we just talked about um another one was um i remember this is like a vivid memory um waking up the morning after we found out that Leland had passed away and I slept in our parents' bed and I woke up and I went to go wash my face and my forehead felt like it was bruised. Like when you touched it. Yes. Mm-hmm. When I was washing my face and I like immediately looked in the mirror and I had no, no, you know, signs of bruising or anything. And I quickly put two and two together. It was because I was crying so hard the day before for such a long period of time. And I was, my, my brows were furrowed so intensely and just the stress that my body was holding. Um, that really, I mean, honestly kind of took my breath away. Um, and so that was something that happened immediately following, um, you know, the, the news of our brother passing away. Um, uh, you know, the the weeks and the months after, I honestly, I don't really remember if I had any kind of like headaches or whatnot, but my limbs felt heavy. Mm-hmm. Everything just kind of was dull and heavy. And um, I mean, quite honestly, miserable. Yeah, absolutely. I experienced the same thing with my forehead mm-hmm. and it was really strange. And it I was, I asked mom about it and, um, yeah, she had experienced that, uh, as well. And so she, she was the one who told me what was going on and it, yeah, that was just real. I will not ever forget that feeling. Yeah. It was really strange, but it's, you know, it's like if you don't run and then you go for a big, long run, I mean, the next day you're not probably going to be able to walk because your Mm -hmm. legs are going to be so sore. Mm -hmm. It was the exact same thing, which was just, yeah, it was really wild. So what kind of headaches did you experience? Because you said that they were different from like a typical headache. Right. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Like the the pain in my forehead, Mm -hmm. that that was like just kind of the most shocking part of it, Mm -hmm. I think. And, um... I don't know. I felt really tense. Yeah. Just like yeah. all over my body. And so it was like, I felt like my whole head was just like tense. Well, that's kind of, I guess kind of hard to explain. Your head, your neck, your shoulders, yeah. all of it. I yeah. A lot of my stress there. So with that great segue, you're just doing such a good job, Susanna. Thank you. We're just making our way down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about body aches. So uh, we can, our bodies can be in pain after grief for a ton 
ton of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of what I would consider to be the most common reasons that our bodies could hurt would be um, because of sleeplessness, uh, which we'll talk about here in just a second. But, um, crying again. Yeah. Because um, you don't just cry in your face, you cry in your whole body when you experience grief. And so, like, I remember, like, um, even like my abdominal muscles being sore from crying. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just because they were, they were so tense and I was not in a place in my life where I was using those muscles very much. So, <laughs> uh, and then really a lot of muscle soreness all over our bodies, because what we talked about a little bit earlier with, um, so much of a overdrive of our sympathetic nervous system. And part of that is tensing our muscles up. So, uh, like you just said, neck, shoulders, back, uh, all of that for me, uh, was very tense and yeah. yeah and sore. Uh, I'll also say that, um, you know, at Leland's visitation, can I talk about this? Of course. Okay. Um, at Leland's visitation, you know, that we had a receiving line, um, where obviously people came in and they saw us, hugged us, whatever. So I stayed really close to mom and dad. I don't know. How, I mean, we don't really talk about this very much Mm-mm. or really ever, <laughs> uh, but that's what felt safest to me. Mm-hmm. I felt, um, uh, I just, I felt like I wanted to stay close to them because I felt like they needed somebody to kind of run interference. I wasn't really sure what people were going to say to them. And that made me really nervous. And so I, yeah, I just wanted to be close to them. Also that, yeah, that just felt safe for me. I know that you weren't always right there with us mm-hmm. during the visitation. Which, yeah. I bowed out a lot. Yeah. And there's no, I don't say that with any sort of resentment mm-hmm. or disdain. I just knew when I needed to step away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, for better or for worse, I'm not going to criticize myself for this at all. Accepted a lot of hugs. Um, looking back, I was definitely touched out and I really wish that I, wouldn't have hugged all of those people, but, um, but I did because I felt like, you know, you felt like you had to, well, yeah, I felt like, well, they came all the way here, you know, or for some reason it was like, I was comforting them. Like they were so sad because it was like, so common. It was like, like, I, they would come to like me first and then to mom and dad. And so it was like, these people were so sad and they're like, oh my gosh, how are your parents? How are your parents? How are your parents? And how are you? And yeah. And I was like, oh gosh, I guess I need to hug you. Anyway, I've been to a lot of therapy since then. So I know that it's definitely not my job to take care of these people's emotions at my brother's visitation. Oh, but that was a different time in my life. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And I was, yeah. You were working with all that you had yeah. in a terrible, terrible situation. Yes. You're exactly right. Thank you for saying that. Um, I don't remember the exact number of people who were at the visitation. I don't think we have an exact number, but it, it was, was a lot of people. And you know what? My husband actually came to Leland's visitation. Did you know that? No. Yes. And he met you. Oh, I'm so sorry. Can and it's okay that you don't remember. Well, of course I don't. We'll there's talk about memory grace. loss in a second. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of grace there. Wow. I'm literally the queen of segues. Okay. You're like podcast host of the century. <laughs> But anyway, for some context, my husband and I, we didn't connect until years after. Um, But he told me, and that's a a very, very special um, connection that I have with him is the fact that he knew Leland. Right. They worked together. Yeah, they did. And we had a lot of mutual friends. Excuse me. And um, anyway, he he had mentioned that he went to the visitation. That's very um, sweet. And he met you. 
there. Ugh. And I was just like, wow. And I was probably hiding in the green room <laughs> doing what I do best. Yeah. I think you were eating peanut m ms I was. And I was drinking a water. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really sweet. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, I think I should have verified this with mom and dad before we started recording. I think it was like 1,500 people or something crazy. It was a lot. I think the visitation in total, like the the time that they had allotted for it was like two hours, know, two hours maybe. And it went well over that. Right. And so, you know, the, it is overwhelming to have that level of support and um, I'm just saying like, I probably hugged a thousand people that day. No. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and I hit a thousand people. Hey, and that's okay. <laughs> All of the, that's, that was a really, really long way for me to say my body was sore from hugging so many people. So for me, I experienced soreness in like, kind of like around my shoulders and or like around my sides, basically where I would hug people. Yeah. And it was just a lot of hugs and probably too many hugs. <laughs> and this is me telling anyone who's grieving that you don't have to hug people. Yeah. You can just kind of offer them your hand, you know, shake your hand or kind of hold it or whatever. You can just right. wave. Right. Uh, or, you know, if you, if it would be helpful for you uh, to have somebody there with you as kind of a liaison, we had somebody like that at Leland's mm-hmm. visitation who mm-hmm. just kind of, um, it just kind of help people continue on in the line so that like none of our conversations got too caught up. It didn't. Yeah. 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 That was helpful. It was very helpful. So, okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about what we can do about body aches and headaches because I don't want to just sit here and talk about, you know, problems. Like let's give some ideas for solutions. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously if it feels right for you, if you've talked to your provider, you know, whatever, I took a lot of Advil, Mm-hmm. Uh, just cause yeah, my body was just in pain. It mm-hmm. helped with, you know, even like the crying in our forehead, like we were talking about, it's just overexertion. Like these yeah. are muscles that do not get used. They were used a lot in a really short amount of time and they were just really tired. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times that can be, I guess, an easy way to, to kind of calm some of that pain. Yeah. And I also think, um, like don't sleep on Epsom salt baths. Yeah. Like those are, those can be really great and they don't have to be these, you know, long drawn out hour long baths or I don't know how long people take baths, but like, I'll take like a quick, like 10, 15 minute, just like little soak. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I still even do that now for other reasons, but like, it's, it's very, very helpful in just easing, um, muscle ache, achiness. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I would venture to say that even chiropractic care might help, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and again, these are, these are just suggestions. Like I know chiropractic, uh, care has really helped me in certain ways, not necessarily with grief, but I'm sure, um, it would have helped in, in some capacity. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. I think that's an excellent idea. Uh, okay. Let's talk a little bit about sleep. This is going to be the, the last kind of portion of physical grief that we talk about. I think that this is one that I would, I would argue or venture to guess that pretty much everyone who experiences a trauma or a tragedy, a loss, a death of a loved one is going to experience some sort of disruption with their sleep. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about your experience there? Yeah, absolutely. So this is Susanna. Um, so yeah, with sleep, I, I definitely experienced disruption. Um, it's not that I necessarily had issues staying asleep. I really struggled with falling asleep. That initial, you know, getting your body to relax enough. Um, and, and for me personally, um, what I really struggled with in that is when I would do my little nighttime routine, whatever, I'd get into bed. It's like when I would close my eyes, that's when just these really horrible, intrusive memories um, just surrounding the trauma of my loss, that's when they would really just, you know, just be present. And, um, I didn't like that. And so, and it definitely did not, you know, feel relaxing, um, or calming. If anything, it just made me feel, you know, very tense, Mm -hmm. um, and wired. And so, you know, for me, a way to avoid those intrusive memories was just to stay awake. And like, that's not good. That's not healthy. That's not, um, a, a good way to take care of my body. Um, you know, while I was grieving. And so, uh, one thing that really helped me personally was honestly just to take Advil PM. Mm -hmm. I, I, I do try to, you know, pick, you know, holistic or natural remedies, but sometimes you just need the Advil PM and that is okay. Um, and again, talk to your medical provider. I'm not going to try to tell everyone that that's going to work for them, but it worked for me. And it, you know, the thing with Advil PM is it also helped to relieve, um, just the, the achiness, the, the muscle, um, stiffness and soreness that I was feeling as well. Um, and it was just a gentle way for me to fall asleep. Um, I tried melatonin prior to, um, our brother passing away and I hated it. So I was not about to try to take melatonin, um, as a way to, you know, try to fall asleep. Uh, Wait, can I ask, why did you hate melatonin? Oh my gosh. I'm just curious. I, 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 it just did not work well for me. Um, when I took melatonin, it either, I either felt wired or, my sleep, I was able to fall asleep, but my sleep quality was horrible. Like oh, I would, you would wake, wake up, up throughout the night. Okay. Like it was horrible. Um, so I was not about to, you know, do that dance again. Um, you know, while I was in early grief. And so, um, so yeah, Advil PM helped, you know, for the first month or two, I didn't take it every night, but, um, it, it was something that I took more consistently than not, um, over those first you know month or two, uh, after Leland had passed away. And then another thing, honestly, that helped was I would just turn on a comfort, you know, TV show, um, while I was laying in bed. So, you know, it was the office parks and rec top chef family feud, you know, something that I had seen a million times over that I was not going to be surprised by. Um, I knew what was going to happen and those shows just, you know, have brought a lot of comfort to me. Um, so that, that helped to kind of, you know, provide some noise and to kind of honestly be a distraction. Right. Um, to, to let my body, to let the Advil PM kick in and to let my body, um, exhale. Sure. As much as it could. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. How about you, Sarah? Um, yeah. So I definitely struggled with falling asleep, uh, for a lot of the same reasons that you're uh, describing you know, in the chronic stress that is grief, 
I had a lot of racing thoughts mm-hmm. that were really the reason that I would uh, fall asleep. I was okay about like distracting myself enough during the day to kind of go, you know, go about my day and sure. Uh, sure. just kind of fake it through the day. And then it's like, I would get to the end of the day. I would, you know, my head would hit the pillow and I would just start thinking. Yeah. It's like a pile on. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, whenever I could eventually fall asleep, I pretty, you know, in the, in the, in the first few weeks and months after Leland's death, I really struggled with intense dreams, which Mm. we'll talk about in a different episode, but, Mm. um, those were really disturbing to my sleep Mm -hmm. and they were quite honestly disturbing to my quality of life. And so I would wake up pretty frequently in the middle of the night and have a really hard time going back to sleep because, Mm. you know, after experiencing a trauma like that, those dreams felt so real. And then it was just like, I would be, I would just be like jolted awake and then just be wide awake because I couldn't stop thinking about my dream that I just had. And then it would just kind of start over this cycle of racing thoughts and not being able to fall asleep. So it was, it was just a whole thing. I, uh, and this is just my own personal experience, tried some different natural remedies. There are like homeopathic remedies for racing thoughts and things like that. I tried melatonin as well. I didn't hate it like you did, but I just didn't really feel like it worked for me very well. Sure. I tried CBD oil, um, I tried all sorts of things and eventually just, um, yeah, just collaborated with my, my counselor and found out that there was just probably some more, um, helpful kind of medicalized, um, routes for me. So that's sure. what I ended up choosing sure. just cause I had a hard time uh, finding anything else that worked for me. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's again, what I would say is to talk to talk to your healthcare provider, your mental healthcare practitioner, you know, some people really struggle with oversleeping, um, like being, uh, just, yeah, just sleeping too much sleeping for, you know, 16, 18 hours a day. And, um, not even if it's able not to get out much, of bed and yeah, not being yeah. able to get out of bed and just, yeah. yeah, just sleeping and then also sleeping and waking up and not feeling rested. Yeah. Super common. So yeah. if that's something that, um, you as our listener, if, if that's something that you're struggling with, I would definitely encourage you to talk to your doctor about it. Um, and talk to, you know, if you see a counselor, talk to a counselor about that. And there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Like if you're sleeping a lot, it's, that doesn't mean that like, oh, you're so relaxed during this time yeah. <laughs> that you can fall asleep. You know, there's no shame in it at all, but we do want to make sure that, you know, our, our bodies and our brains are as well taken care of as they possibly can to shoulder this mm-hmm. burden that we're walking mm-hmm. through. So it's super, super important to get the help that we need. Yeah. And I will say, um, this actually just kind of jogged my memory, Sarah, but you know, when this was like the day or two after we had found out that Leland had passed away, I remember, I honestly, I can't remember if you were there or not, or if this was just a conversation that I had one-on-one with mom, but she said like very seriously, that we have got to prioritize our health in this season that we're in with what we're walking through. Because, I mean, to be honest, chronic illnesses can be born out of uh, trauma and grief and loss just with the the havoc that it can, you know, just wreak on our body or wreck. I don't know the right. Wreaking. Wreak. Okay, great. Wreaking havoc um, on our body. And I don't say that to instill fear. I say that as a way to almost like equip ourselves. Sure. Um and and just to place an emphasis on 
caring for ourselves and being gentle with ourselves. Yeah. Um, and so that really stuck with me when mom said like, we have got to take care of our bodies. And I mean, looking back, you know, in hindsight, like there are some things that I just wish I had been more gentle with myself sure. you know, from a physical aspect. Um, you know, I, I kind of threw myself back into exercising and stuff. I feel like way too early mm. and I was really frustrated with my body because I couldn't exercise in the way that I had previously exercised. Um, just because my tank, I mean, was empty. Right. You just you know? don't have the same kind of energy. So anyway, all of that to say, um, I, I just feel like the, the theme in this mini series, not just with physical grief, but the other aspects of early grief that we'll be touching on is, is just gentleness, mm. you know, and just, um, being intentional with taking care of yourself because that is so, so, so important. Um, and it just really sucks that, um, you know, we, we, find ourselves walking through situations like this, but, um, sure. And I would totally yeah. echo that Susanna too, just giving ourselves a lot of grace. Yeah. You know, even I looking back at, you know, all those people that I hugged, it's easy for me to judge myself and to say mm. like, Oh my gosh, why did I do that? And it's just like you said, like I was working with the best that I had. Yeah. And so, you know, there's, there's no need to, um, yeah, to be hard on ourselves about any of these things. And it can be very easy to be critical and to be hard on ourselves and to wonder, why can't I just fill in the blank? Sure, sure. Just, you know, if you find yourself doing that, take a moment, take a step back mm -hmm. and realize what are you going through? Mm -hmm. And hopefully that will, you know, kind of turn a light on for you. Yeah. Put things in perspective yeah. for sure. Yeah. But you know, this is just, this is not the time to, um, you don't have to try new things. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not the time to try new things. It's not the time to judge ourselves. It's not the time to say, you know, I should do this. I shouldn't do this. Mm -hmm. Um, especially like what we we're talking about with food, you know, just fuel your body, take care of your body as much as you possibly can, as best as you can. And that's all you can do. And, and that's enough. Right. And if you're having a hard time caring for your body, you know, like if you're having a hard time getting the sleep that you need, or if you're having a hard time with your, um, you know, with your gut, or if you're having any GI symptoms, you know, and you can't help that yourself, it is totally fine to ask for some help with those things mm -hmm. um, by people who are very well equipped to be mm -hmm. able to help you with those and things. And they will not shame you. Right. Right. And if they do find somebody else. Yeah. If they do fire them <laughs> and then write them up. <laughs> But that's a that's story a, for a that's different a Susanna day. story for a different time for sure. <laughs> firing your healthcare provider. Anyway, um, on that note, do you have any closing thoughts about physical grief, Susanna? Um, no, I feel like I just said them. Just just the emphasis on being gentle with yourself, which I totally understand, is so much easier said than done. And that is actually a practice that I am actively working on, and um, I I am trying to be better at. Hmm. So you are not alone in that. If you feel like being gentle is very difficult, I can relate. Yeah. What about you, Sarah? Uh, no, just that I have felt the physical effects of grief greatly. And mm -hmm. I've, carried, I've just carried this burden in my body. And um, my heart really breaks for, for our listeners who are, who are feeling those same things. Mm -hmm. So It is so real. And don't, don't, you know, look down on it or try to 
mitigate it. Like it is, it is a real thing. Sure. And you know, there will come a day when you'll, um, you know, when you'll sleep through the night. Yeah. There will come a day when you don't have terrible dreams Mm -hmm. and when you, you know, are more regular, uh, you know, whatever that means for you with Mm -hmm. your digestion Mm -hmm. and when you have an appetite again, you know, all those things will return. Like for me too, I experienced like hair loss. Mm. Um, my hair grew back. Yeah. The, the, the patches of my hair where I lost hair, my hair grew back. Yeah. Um, and I also experience like ulcers in my mouth with chronic stress. That's one of the same the big things that I've experienced. And um, it was really painful for me to eat for, for many months. Mm. And you know what? They went away. They healed. And I was able to eat normal food again. All right. Well, that is all on physical grief that we have uh, today. But we are really, um, like Susanna said at the beginning of our episode, really glad that you're here and also really sorry that you're here. Mm -hmm. Um, for whatever walk of life or walk of grief that you're coming from. So as always, we would love to hear from you as our listener. Uh, You can reach us at grieftalkpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at grieftalkpodcast, or you can submit um, like a little inquiry on our website. If you, uh, yeah, if you want to share your story or share about your own uh, physical grief. We mm-hmm. read every single one of those submissions. Mm-hmm. So we, we would do. We would love to hear from you. But uh, until next time, thank you so much for listening to Grief Talk, the podcast where we talk about grief.